My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as guest is Will Plyler. Hello, Will. Hi. Will Plyler is the... Oh, did I say it right? Yes. Okay. Is the owner of Done Deal Pro, which tracks the various script, book, treatment, pitch sales, and options made in Hollywood and internationally each day. Will also has extensive experience in development and production, having worked for Dominion Films, Underdog Entertainment, Mania Entertainment, and TNT TBS. In addition to his duties at Dundeal, he provides detailed notes and feedback on scripts for writers and directors to develop their projects. So we have a real expert today, and anybody who's anyone in this town knows Dundeal Pro. It's been around, you said, for 20 years. Is that right? Uh, 21 this month. Oh, my yes. God. Not late 97. Oh, yes. my good. Oh, Lord. I want you to tell everybody what Done Deal Pro does. Okay. Because they may have heard of it, but they may not know exactly the service that it offers. And there are many of them. Um, but it's it's definitely something if you want to know about the industry, you should be on. So so tell everybody a little bit about okay. it. Um I'll just do a little brief history. I you know, I'm a fairly creative person and always been interested in ideas and stories for, for films. And so I'd been tracking stories along the way. And while I was working for a production company back in 97, this is Centropolis Entertainment, actually, uh, the young lady sitting next to me was tracking the deals for our office. And this is around the time that the Internet was coming alive. And I thought, well, this would be an interesting thing to learn how to do. So she would give me a little floppy disk, slide it between our little walls, and I would take it and I would put the deals up online so writers could see what was selling. And we started with one page, and then when it got really, really long, I created a second page and so on and so on. But mainly our site is uh, very writer-centric, um, and we track the various film and TV deals uh, that are going on predominantly in kind of in Hollywood and in, 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 in town here, uh, and also internationally. And we list the uh, title and the log line, who wrote the project, uh, who read the writer specifically, and then we'll list the different uh, network uh, or studios, depending on the type of deal, the production companies involved, and any other kind of details that go with that. Uh, was it an option? Is it a put pilot commitment? Is it an hour long? Is it comedy, single camera, you know, when we're on TV? And then we list the producers, executive producers. Uh, and then if they know the director or possibly even have some cast attached to the deal, uh, we list that. And even also even some of the executives overseeing it. So we try to uh, provide, again, a lot of information for aspiring writers, but also some industry people like using our site. And my whole goal with Dundeal Pro is just to design the simplest, cleanest way uh, for writers to see these deals. So everybody knows that the Hollywood Reporter and Variety and Deadline and all that are putting out announcements all the time. And those are generally, for the most part, press releases that the company will put out. But those are always like five paragraphs long, and they're all these kind of uh, cheesy quotes. You know, we're so excited to be working with Tom or Sally or Sue or Bobby or Billy. But we just kind of condense it down to something that's very quick and easy to read. And the writer can say, oh, okay, that's the story that's out there. And, and go from there and take it from there however they want to. So how do you, how do you get this information? Um, basically, pretty much daily, even on the weekends, um, I'm just kind of doing the legwork for you and hustling for you. Um, I you know visit Variety, Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, and a few other movie sites that are out there, and just find these stories that get listed, and then I condense it down, you know, again into our little kind of template. And also, we've been around long enough; we'll hear from people sometimes too. I would too. imagine. You know, there are a few writers always like, "Hey, I've always wanted to be listed on Done Deal. Here's my deal. Will you list it for me?" And you know, we we like to try to do that for people. 
as much as we can, you know. How many, how many, like on average deals are you posting per day? Gosh, um, on day, you know, obviously it kind of varies, you know, when you're coming off holidays, it's a little slower if the holidays are coming up. Um, probably about 10 a day on average wow. split between film and TV. So if you're looking at our homepage now, there's about eight TV deals and three film de- deals from this past Friday. So is this good news or is this bad news? Like if you're, you're an aspiring writer, <laughs> sure. what do you think? Uh, it's both. It's a little of both. I've had people write me and say, man, this is depressing because you've, you know, seen a project that you thought you had the most original idea forever and yet somebody just sold it. And that was, again, kind of my impetus. I remember back in 94, sitting in my office at Mark Rydell, and I had this great idea, I thought, for a project that was kind of in the vein of Splash, but it was going to be taking that old fairy tale about the frog prince. Literally, I look in the back of the Hollywood Reporter for the deals. There it is. Same title, same basic story and setup, everything. And I finally found that movie, same everything. And I was totally depressed. It was a bummer. And I, it still happens to me personally. Uh, you know, for TV show ideas and film ideas, I see stuff sold, and you're just like, hmm. So, so would you say, wouldn't you say yes. that then if you have an original idea, yes. check this out first, yes. comb through the archives first, yes. so that it's not a big surprise to you after? Yeah, that's the thing I encourage. I think there are two reasons in particular writers can use this. One, uh, they can kind of double check and see, does, does, is this idea already out there? Uh, um, as we were maybe talking a little earlier off off mic, uh, I have professional writers that will tell me. They'll come in here and they'll say, I got an idea about this and this and this, and they'll do a couple of quick searches for keywords in the log line to see, do those deals already exist before they start? And also, if you finish a project and you say, well, I've got this great comedy about a family, it does this, and they go on a trip and a vacation, you can put in a few keywords and narrow down the search and see, okay, how many films are about family vacations, or anything like that, and at least you know. And I always tell people, look, it's a little depressing. It stings for a couple of days. But before you go into somebody's office and tell them, have I got the best movie about vampires on Mars you've ever seen in my life, you can look up and see, oh, okay, somebody already has that out there. Maybe even this company that you want to reach out to. But now you know this is what they have. How do you put a better spin on it? Right. Now, how... What what things can people search for to make sure that their spin yes. is different or, you know, because when, when you're just getting like the log line and you're getting the people around it, would you maybe click on, look at the, the producer's other work so you get a sense of tone so that you, or are there other avenues to go to, to really research, to go like, oh yeah, but my, but my asteroid movie is completely different. Sure. Um, you know, obviously the best thing you could probably do is somehow get a hold of the PDF. And there's always ways to secretly kind of do that and track down copies of scripts and read it. And that would really give you the best information. But one of the things we try to do with our site is hyperlink, you know, the name, the name of the actual um, agency, the name of the management firm, the name of the law firm, of course, studios and all that stuff and, and producer production company names. So you can click through on any of the companies that are involved with this particular deal and then within that company listing, you'll see their address, some of their contact information as best we have it, uh, their staff list as best we have it, and get an idea of, uh, of what they've kind of done in the past and some of their credits. But then we also have links for film deals or TV deals, and it'll do an instant search on that company and just show you all their projects. So you can quickly see, like, these are all the film deals Bruckheimer's done. You can back out. These are all the TV deals that Bruckheimer's done. So you can see everything they've done and get a kind of nice oversight and see what do they do a lot of, what do they seem attracted to, you know, and again, what do they already have in the works possibly that, you know, you may have to adjust your your pitch or your story a little bit on to be more attractive to them so they don't say, well, we already got that, thanks. Right. Or you may just say, look, maybe there's somebody better. Maybe I should go this way or go left or go right and pick a different company to approach uh, that maybe doesn't already have something like that. Because because there is so much content now, yes. and that must have made your <laughs> Dundee Pro must have been like infinitely more busy uh, <laughs> from I don't know from 2012 on or something. Yeah, like that. these like, last few years, um, really been a um, in particular breakout in TV. 
Mm. Like we used to always list more film deals than TV ever. Sure. Because, you know, I was being a little bit older. You know, I remember, you know, you had a dial TV and there were three networks and maybe some weird UHF channel. I I have no idea what you're talking about. Yes. (laughs) And you would not. (laughs) Young ladies in this room would not. But, uh, But yeah, but nowadays it's just crazy number, you know, a couple of hundred channels on there and with uh, Hulu and um, Amazon and Netflix in particular, they're just eating it up. Wow. I mean, they're just making deals all the time and they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and really spending a lot of money. Now, do you have to verify these things or it, if you're, I mean, if you're getting for variety and stuff like that, yeah. it, it's they're the ones who are supposed to verify it to begin with, right? Yeah. I mean, look, everybody kind of takes it I think the trades and stuff like that, you sort of have to take it on faith. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, the only way to really verify any of this is somebody sends you a copy of the contract. And mm-hmm. no one's going to do that. Right. So, yeah, I take a bit on faith that they've done that. But there have been times, not to get off the subject, but there have been times where they've listed something. And then like a year later, like Sony bought this project, blah, 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 blah. And then a year later, they'll, they'll, they'll announce, oh, Paramount just bought this project. And oh, by the way, the Sony deal really didn't go through. Because uh-huh. somebody jumped on the gun and started announcing it. In times like that, I just I back up. I find that former deal and I'm just erase it and try to c- keep it as clean and as accurate as possible. But yeah, there are people you know, BSing all the time about stuff and probably inflating, particularly with how much money. That's the one that we've probably seen one of the bigger changes in the last few years is People say, would you list the prices for the deals and what was paid? And I'm like, we don't do it as much because people aren't talking about it as much because writers aren't getting as much, a lot more options, a lot less money. Um, And that used to be the big thing. Yeah, and that used to be the big thing. 250, I guess, 1.5. And even that was a total stretch. Right. They will never see that 250. Right. Most likely they may get 100 of it and then they'll get fired and somebody Mm -hmm. else will do it. And then also, too, is anybody kind of knows, or I'm, and I'm sure you know, you know, there's production bonuses, rewrite bonuses, and if they're kicked off the movie, they'll, they'll never see those dollars, most likely. Mm-hmm. So, so save that money. <laughs> if you get that money, put it in the bank, and do not buy a car or expensive right, house. Right, right, yes. right. <laughs> um, but I, I think another thing that, that, that Dundeal is good for is, let's say, management. Let's say that you're, you know, somebody says, I want to represent you. Yes. Um, you can actually go through the archives here, just type in that representative's name, your agent, your manager, or even a lawyer, and see what other deals have been made. Absolutely. I, you know, the, I, I always tell people this, too. I want to be very upfront. You know, we literally cannot list every deal. Mm. No one can on the planet. Because I've I've made deals at companies I'm with that we never went out and announced, and nobody ever cares. You know, it was you know maybe we paid a couple of thousand dollars to option a script for a short time. That's not going to end up in the trades. There's there's too many of those. But I think what our site can do pretty well is give you a, a good relative idea of how this agency versus this agency. You know, who's done what? Management firms the same way. Production companies. You can kind of compare and see. As I mentioned earlier, you know, if you click on Bruckheimer, okay, we've listed, you know, I don't know how many deals for him. Dozens and dozens of film, dozens and dozens of TV. John Doe Productions, you may not see anything or you may just see one or two. And you can be like, oh, okay, I see. Or CAA, you know, oh my God, so many CAA deals. But maybe a smaller mid-range company may not have as many. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that smaller company wouldn't be a better fit for you. And maybe give you more attention. But again, yeah, you can do a lot of comparisons by running names or just clicking, a, you know, running agency names and seeing, okay, who do, how many deals have they made? What have they really focused on? Particularly managers, too. You can really see what they're kind of, right. you know, where they lean more towards and maybe what type of writers they're kind of looking for. At least get some idea of it. Sure, sure, sure. Now, this is a, it is a subscription it is. A site, yes. but you have a lot of free content as well. Yes. And in particular, I was excited about <laughs> your examples. Ah, yes. Tell yes, everybody yes. about that because okay. now I actually have a place to point them to when they're <laughs> asking, do you have a copy of this? I can be like, go to Dundeal Pro. Yeah. Um, we, I think I mentioned a little, you know, again, earlier when we were talking, you know, we did a free site for about eight years and, you know, just listed everything on there. And then we started up Dundeal Pro, ran them concurrently, you know, so I have to like manually code every new page and every deal, and then I could load this into a fancier content management system. So when I kind of killed off our free site, I wanted to leave some information, you know, some stuff that writers could still 
help them out as much as possible. So yes, we have contests listed, we have free forums, we have interviews and links, but that example section you asked about is essentially just various real contracts that agents have used, managers have used, I've used, production companies I've worked for have used, and a writer can kind of come in there and read through these contracts and hear the kind of legal terminology and verbiage. And I, I, as I always tell people, it's like, look, read this when you're relaxed. Read this when somebody isn't breathing down your throat and why haven't you signed it? Yeah, just read it through a couple of times and hear those words they use, you know, when Mm -hmm. this versus this and you've got to meet this date and you've got to do that. And it can just make you feel a little more comfortable. So later on when you hear it or read it in another contract, you can go, oh, okay. Or you can read it read some portion of one of these deals and go go on our forums or maybe some other forums and say, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. And somebody somewhere is going to know. Or if you're, if you're trying to get together a sort of a small contract, let's say that you don't want to involve lawyers. You just want to sort of protect yourself as much as possible at this stage. Yes. Let's say with a partner or something like that. Oh yes. Is there a partner agreement? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think where I put that in there, what date, but people, a lot of these have been added because people wrote me and said, do you have a contract or agreement for this? And I would have to, you know, uh, pull, pull that up. So, so we've got here just, just as some examples here, we've got purchase agreements, life, right? Options agreements, non-disclosure agreements, shopping agreements, literary agent agreements, um, agency packaging agreements, you have a glossary here. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's cool. Glossary of industry terms. Yes. That's awesome. Release forms. Uh, query letters, because people are always asking about that. Um, a little coverage and synopsis. Um, was it coverage that you did? Uh, maybe. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I changed the names to protect everyone. But a little little taste of it. Nothing nothing amazing. But, but those are just some examples. Yes. Uh, of examples of the examples that are on Done Deal Pro. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I encourage people to spin it. And I, I, again, I have people all fairly, you know, a few times a year, like, hey, I see this agreement. You know, what do I have to, you know, do I have to subscribe to use it? I'm like, look, take it. Right. Take it, use it, make a great deal. I'm proud of you. Hope, hope it works out best. So, yeah, so if somebody, a writer comes in and doesn't have a lot of money and they think, well, I want to get this book from, you know, a non-Stephen King or a non, you know, J.K. Rowling, but they can, you know, they can get a book agreement and they can license the book. Or, I mean, you know, option the book, and they can see what to do um, to, to hopefully protect themselves uh, in these situations. So these are all, like I said, again, real agreements that I've gotten from uh, managers and other producers and people I've done deals with and stuff. And a lot of them have been done by actual lawyers. So you're kind of there. Um, and, and hopefully that'll, you know, get them through the situation and not have an embarrassing or depressing situation later on, you know, by any means. Now, with all this, this, these many years uh, with this site, yes. looking at deals, posting them, what have you taken in as far as, you know, is, is there any magic fairy dust when it comes to the deals that are made? Um, are you seeing patterns with what gets bought, uh, what gets sold, things like that? Sure. Um, I guess there are a lot of things to answer there. In terms of patterns, I think probably one of the bigger ones I've seen in the last mm, five to eight years or so is all about IP. Mm. So many of these deals for film and TV are, it's based on a book, or you know, let's call it a nonfiction book, based on a novel, uh, based on a comic book, based on a graphic novel, uh, based on a former TV show, uh, based on a foreign movie. So it's a lot of based on. I see a lot of that going on where they're picking up the rights for it and or simultaneously announcing they've hired this writer to adapt that project. Does that tell you, because sometimes writers will say, I think I'm going to write the novel so that I get all this publicity for the novel and then somebody wants to make it into a script. And I'm usually a little bit split about that uh, because I think you might be writing a pretty crappy novel then because, <laughs> you because you're only thinking of it in terms of a screenplay yeah. and not actually within the form that you're writing. So it's not going to get the interest. Yeah. I don't know. How, how do you feel about, you know, that's a that tough thing? one. Um, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of this stuff they're picking up is successful stuff, mm-hmm. not something that just 
anybody wrote got onto Amazon as a Kindle book or a PDF download. Right. Because literally anybody can be an author now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can just go to go to write your book, put it on Amazon, put it on there for free. It it happens. I mean, you know, obviously, if you look through it and spend the time and talk to some writers, there are all kinds of books, and they're selling them for three bucks a pop, and you know, they hope to sell enough of those. But you know, if you're going to write a novel and you hope that it's thinking they're going to get you attention, it better be great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it better sell a lot of copies, get a lot of attention, or most likely, you know, no one's ever going to pick it up. If you're going to write a novel, just write it because you really want to write a novel. Would you find, so So another thing that we've been talking about on the show a little bit is that your own life is your IP to some extent. Your own story, I should sure. say. Um, do you find that, Let's say IP aside, some of the deals that are being made are because the writer, him or herself, has some connection with the material, like, you know, based on uh, her childhood growing up sure. as a poor, you know, um, definitely have seen that some. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I listened to one the other day, I, I think it's under the TV deals. But yeah, you see um, some of these stories coming up where, um, a particular man or woman has experienced a certain thing in their life. It's particularly fascinating, and they're, in a sense, very fortunate in that sense, in terms of it being interesting enough that somebody says, okay, I want to pick this up. But I feel like almost, too, that kind of comes from, you know, maybe a comedian who's done stuff that does it. I mean, I I don't think I, at least I can't remember right now, seeing a whole lot of just Joe Schmo on the street who lives in the middle of the country goes, man, I got a great idea. <laughs> and, and everybody's hounding them. There's, they're, they're, they already have to have, in most cases, some kind of attention via something. Uh, you know, news article, a story about them, anything like that, that can garner some heat. Because people it, want that. We live in a day where yeah. everybody's got a story. Everybody is sure. special to some extent. Um, to some extent. Let's yes. Make, everybody's special. Um, uh, what about uh, high concept okay. uh, studio films? Now, now, you know, again, going back to the old days, right? Yes. Um, the, you know, when I was a studio reader, you know, there was that golden age of the high concept studio film, right? And you give this log line and it's, you know, it's about a guy who can fly and, you know, yes. you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Is, do you find that that is as popular? Do you think that um, the high concept uh, project is still a big deal with features as far as when features sell? I think it can be a little bit. Uh, obviously, the, the days of the studios just buying stuff left and right, you know, those famous stories where somebody just comes in and hums the theme of a TV show and they want to make it into a movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those days are gone, <laughs> unless you're maybe Tom Cruise or Julia Roberts and a, and a good hummer. You, know, right. you can really like, <laughs> capture that, you know, uh, you know, all in the family theme song somehow when you want to make it. Um, I, I don't see that a lot. Mm. I don't see a lot. I mean, um, you, you, um, what would I say? Um, I see probably a little more where people have done films, mm-hmm. like short films and little kind of ways to um, uh, gr- grab somebody's attention. That seems to be one of the better ways. And that huh. usually works pretty well for directors. But, you know, where they do like a cool short film mm-hmm. and they're like, wow, I like that. Let's develop it into a movie. Right. Um, you know, you kind of show your, show your wares off and your abilities a little bit. I mean, you'll still see some kind of cool ideas get set up, but. It just seems a lot tougher. I, I think if any, well, I'll say this real quick. I think if anything, you know, come up with great ideas. You never know. It may, it may hit. But the biggest thing I tell people is just great writing. Have really good writing because that will give you a career more than anything else. Now, how, how is that great writing bubbling through in the material that you're capturing as far and putting on, on your site? Sure. Like how do you know when it's... It, it was taken because of the writing versus the idea. I, I don't always. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, uh, slightly off the record, even though this is being recorded, yeah, I, I've got a pretty decent-sized script collection that ah, I've somehow picked up from somebody somewhere uh-huh. along the yeah, way. Well, so you see a lot of those. Uh-huh. Uh, but even those, you can read and you're like, eh. Right. You know, it's, it, it's not so bad, I guess, or so great. But you can see where the idea was unique enough and different enough You'd say, all right, this, this stands out. 
uh, you know, this guy or gal is a really terrific writer and they have a, you know, as, as the saying goes, a great voice mm-hmm. and great skills. And, you know, somebody picks it up, you know, and they're going to make it. But it seems like, again, almost like with those films and even with some of these high concept ideas, you'll get some heat. But when you follow up years later, they've never made it. I mean, they've never made that project. Mm. Now, that usually will get you going and get you on the water bottle tour. Right. And then that's, again, where kind of the great writing comes in a sense, because then what does everybody do? We've got this book. We've got this comic book. We already bought this other script. We want to hire you to rewrite it and do that, you know, give me that Barton Fink thing, (laughs) the feeling that you do to the script. So, yeah, I, I will see stuff sell sometimes and then see if I can track down the script and read it. Uh, but most of the time, you just don't know. You, you kind of hope or assume, as as a movie lover, movie goer, that they wrote a pretty good script. And in most cases, you know, even some of these, even if they're kind of blah, you can see that this person knows how to write, and they've just got the they've got the skill. Now, now, uh, you know, on on your site are a million log lines. There are, um, and we yes. talk about log lining. We have a yes. log line competition once a year. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, the log lines, are those coming from other sources? Do they come from you? Do you ever uh, spiff up the log lines if you, they do come from other places? Um, what do I do about the log lines? I, I will tweak the log lines, but I ne- always try to be very conscientious about not trying to change anything about it. I try to stay very true um, to, to what we see. So if it's a script and it's sold, or maybe a pitch or a log line, if they if they split up the thing like Bob does this and this after his wife is murdered, mm-hmm. I will frequently say after his wife is murdered, comma Bob does this, mm-hmm. and I just to me that always flows better. Uh-huh. And, you know, let me know right off the bat what's the setup, what's the situation. Don't tell me three sentences later it's set in New York. Right off the bat, it's set in New York in the eighteen nineties, comma. Somebody does this. So that your visuals are, are, are yeah, working so you, as you're you reading know. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. as I read it. And it's, maybe it's just me, but I just, I like that better. So I'll tweak it in that way. Um, then for other things, probably the biggest thing that I work on a lot is books. Because what happens is they'll, they'll sell a book or option a book or whatever, or even sometimes news articles, and they don't give you that much, oddly enough. And so I'll go to Amazon or I'll go to the, the author's website, whatever, find their description and then read and then write something myself. And again, I always try to be very true to what the material is. I don't say like, and then aliens come out of right, where and you're sure. like, wait, wait, there's no aliens in my script or a werewolf. But I try to be very true to it, but I try to give as much information as I can. And we don't, I'll, I'll confess to, we don't always list the truest of log lines. I, I try to do that as much as possible, but particularly with books, mm-hmm. or if I know a little bit more about it or they said a little bit more about it, I'll cheat and give writers a l- as much information as I can without mm-hmm. going overboard. Because at the end of the day, true logline or not, the most important thing is you know what that story is. You know what's going on. So you're better educated as a writer uh, when thinking about it or worrying about it or being depressed about it or whatever it may be. So, Yeah. So I have to go track stuff down. I, I read artic- I read stories like, we picked up this article in the you know, New York Times, but they'll just blah, 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 and you don't get much information. But I'll go to Wikipedia, I'll research people, everything I can to try to put together what I believe is as close as possible and as true as to what they were intending to do. You're like, you're like you know, you love this. You can tell. As, oh. <laughs> as, you're, as you're saying this, I'm like, wow, you really, you know, you must have a real hunger for knowing this kind of information, for you to start it and to stay with it and to still be interested in the scripts that you're posting about. It, do, you, do you feel a passion for, for I, this kind of I do. Work? Not to sound like I'm getting off the topic, but I, I've written down a lot of ideas. I'm maybe relatively speaking to me only best at ideas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably my strongest thing, recognizing stories. So I have a, a 60-page document in Word single-spaced, um, 300-plus ideas uh, for movies and TV shows. Most of them stink, you know, or, or just bland. You know, you just kind of write it down, okay, let me get back to it. But I've test-pitched enough of them that I know, like, without a doubt, there's at least a couple of dozen features and maybe a dozen or so TV show ideas that would work. Now, I may never get them to work or ever get them written to be that good, but those things where you know when you pitch to somebody and you can see it in their eyes and they're like, wow, that's great. 
Well, if you want to so, <laughs> go all the way through with it, I got a class for you. Okay. Wait, tell me, tell me a little bit about how your your experience and development. Okay. Because that's what led you here. Yes. Um, and you've worked for a number of companies. I just named a few. Sure. Um, well, I think I, I, we talked a little bit too. When I got out of school, I worked for a TV director for about a year, and then I segued from him and went to work for um, a producer director named Mark Rydell, who did. Uh, movies like On Golden Pond and The Rose, The Reavers, The Cowboys of John Wayne. You know, a real loved, kind of... I loved The Rose so yeah, much. Yeah, an, an old school director. So much. Yeah, he's terrific. And uh, and also an actor turned director, like the TV uh, director I worked for, both of them. So that was great to kind of be around somebody who was very sensitive to character and, and what that story's about. And those first two movies I did with him, though they didn't do that well at the box office, I had a great time working on them. And the guy he hired for both to do the rewrites was Marshall Brickman, who used to write with Woody Allen. So you've got, you know, this two-time Oscar winner, if I remember right from Marshall's uh, credits. And so I got to work with him. So I was the guy that he would send all the scripts to. And this was a day, this is sort of a silly off story, but, you know, nowadays you can send a PDF to somebody in two seconds. But I would have to sit at a computer and Marshall would be in the Hamptons watching the sunset over the water, and he would send me the latest revision. It would take an hour and a half to get his copy of the script to me. But nobody would touch me. Nobody would bother me. It was like the one time, like, I was totally bulletproof. Nobody would ask a thing, and I would just sit at the computer and wait for it to come through, and then I would have to print it out and put it together and put in two brads and a little disc for Mark (laughs) because he loved that, and then I'd hand him his copy, and then I'd go make them for everybody else. (laughs) But, yeah, I loved development. You know, with Mark, it was um, production and development. When we were doing the movie, I was on set with him every day, and... um, and, uh, you know, spent a lot of time on set. Uh, we shot a film here in town and locations around town, then went up to Vancouver. And I had a little pager, and Marshall would send me rewrites over the pager, you know, if Mark really needed something. And then when we got back, we'd just get scripts in. He was um, uh, represented by ICM at the time, so they would send us a lot of stuff. And then other agencies would pass stuff on, you know, in the day, William Morris, and, of course, and CAA and UTA and Gersh. All those guys, you get scripts, and it was our job to to read them and uh, tell him whether it was worth it for him to go read it. I know, I, I yes. know that job. Yeah, very well. yeah, you know, you're doing the coverage. Very, and, very well. Yeah. Um, and so that really, really, I mean, it's such an education. Oh yeah. As far as a very, very quick, strong education as to what is grabbing a reader and and what isn't, and and not that every reader is the same, but like sure. sort of the the things that sort of make you. Pay more attention. Oh. Lean in. And I think the fascinating thing, and, and other people, have, obviously there are plenty of people that have read and been through all this, but the fascinating thing is like what the agencies actually send out. And you're like, really? Like, <laughs> this is what you wanted to send to us to read? You consider this good? Because I think it's dull and not very well written or nobody will ever make this. And we get a big, you know, you get some big writers sending stuff to you. You're like, yeah. Yeah, I remember those red covers. You know, I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and there was a time I, I when I was reading where I was like, is, for some reason, it was a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> There's always a 12-year-old boy at the center who <laughs> befriends a monster or who uh, finds out uh, about a nuclear plan or um, who, you know, it's always, it, for some reason, it was just like, that's the high concept. You put yes. a 12-year-old boy and something extreme, and we have a high concept <laughs> movie. And I remember just going, oh, yeah. Could I stop reading these? I'll tell a fast one. We got, uh, and I say this very respectfully because I think he is a very talented writer, but we got um, uh, Joe Esterhouse scripts. Uh-huh. We <laughs> did, did his, now? yes. And we got, what was the um, dancing movie, the stripper movie in Vegas? I can't uh, even think of it right Showgirl. now. Showgirls. Showgirls, yes. We got that script. <laughs> and they also sent it with a deal attached. Oh, no. I won't mention all the numbers. It was millions. Wow. But we read it and we're all like, wow, this <laughs> is not really strong, I'll say. And and even, I, I think I can tell this too now at this point. Hopefully nobody will come after me. But it was like, you know, this is kind of soulless. You know, we're like, yeah, passed. Uh, and just passed. And that was it. And you're like, what do you do? I mean, they were offering millions. It's like, bring him in, we'll have him do it. You know, we right, did right, right. work with Bat and the Rose, and he can shape this. And he was like, hey. well, you know what? <laughs> that's, that's not a bad. yeah, yeah. But it was an eye opener to what people would send and what people would want and the deals they'd make and how it works out. So, do you have yes. a, a slight amount of cynicism then when it comes to 
because you're you're really I'm looking at you. You're a big smiley guy. Um, you just told me about a, a royal mess up I did, like in the nicest way no, possible. Oh, and, then, uh, and like, so you're really you come off as a very positive guy. But is there just like the smallest amount of cynicism about the business now? With oh, all this? Uh, <laughs> yes. I try to. Uh, my wife is always trying to. It's like remember to say something nice first. Start with something nice first, and then you can tell him. But don't be mean. And I'm tough on stuff. I, 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 I like to think, at least I hope, uh, and I always tell people, I said, look, I, I try to be kind of frank. I try to just tell you what I think about it. But my main kind of mantra is like, look, it is better to hear it from me or from you or someone else rather than some producer, agent, or manager who just goes, pass. Right. You know, thank you so much. And the classic, not my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. That's all you're going to generally get from them. So I would rather tell you, I don't think this is working as well work on this, fix this, think about this. I don't think this is very strong and hear it now and try to do your best to correct it. But yeah, I guess I have a little bit of cynicism. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's tough. You know, like I said, you know, you see stories you want to do sell and just saw another one. Oh, Greg Berlanti. Oh, I got that idea. I mean, I could have done it, but it was the one about the uh, African-American women uh -huh. all, who were all running a town. The uh -huh. woman was a judge, a cop, a a lawyer, and they all do it. And I was like, that's a fascinating story. I mean, I, you know, I had no real chance, uh -huh. but they just set it up. Well, well I, yeah. I do hope that that one, you know, does really well. Yeah, it was also, terrific. But also people should know, I mean, like you said, sometimes it doesn't get made. Just because the deal is done does not yes. mean that the movie gets made. And as you started with as well, just because you have a similar idea does not mean it is an identical idea Tonally, it could be completely Absolutely. different. Your take on it could be completely different. I mean, I do remember the two asteroid movies. I was at one of the companies when these were, yep. were happening, and they could not have been more different in terms of the story that we were going, that you're going to tell. Yeah. Um, and they made both. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and two volcanoes, right? They had the two volcano movies. Yes. The one that blew up in L.A. and the one that was up in Oregon, right, with Pierce Brosnan. And the one here was Tommy Lee Jones and Anne Heche. They have so much of that, yes. right? It's, mm -hmm. It happens all the time. Yeah. Where's my, where's my, uh, uh, my flying guy log lines? Let's see. <laughs> you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach a little lesson. Is that okay? okay? Sure. All absolutely. Right. I'd love hey, to Hey, Hannah, you're here, right? Can you get me one of those two great big binders right there? I think the, big, the biggest one. Okay. I got binders full of stuff. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Dun, 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 dun. It is impressive, folks. I know, right? So where is it here? I can do elevator music. Can you? Oh, oh, oh we don't have to pay for that. That was very well, short. Nice. Here we go. Oh, here we go. So in class, oh. I'm always telling people that, you know, people do come up to me and they go like, I've got a great idea and it's about a guy who can fly, right? Sure. And I'll be like, okay, so it's about a guy who can fly. Tell me something else. Oh, you know, yeah. what's the story, right? But they'll yeah. be like, that's the idea. Like, no, it is an idea. What's the story, yeah. right? So let's imagine that we have a guy who can fly and that we also add to it a flaw. Okay. Sure. This guy who can fly is also afraid of heights. Yes. Okay. But then it also becomes, okay, okay, guy who can fly is afraid of heights. What is the story? So I'm going to uh, read you um, eight different log lines that could come out of that. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So this would be more of an origin story. Sure. And if I've done this on another podcast, I'm sorry. It's been 500 and a million of them. Yeah. Okay. Ready? A mild-mannered office worker with a fear of heights becomes a citywide hero when he's given the gift of flight. Okay, that's okay. an origin story. Okay, one. All right. A quest story. After waking up with the gift of flight, a mild-mannered office worker goes on a flying rampage to expose citywide corruption. Okay, okay. quest story. Um, maybe it's around an event. Okay. When terrorists threaten the downtown metropolis, an office worker with the gift of flight is the only one who can stop them. Okay. okay. Here's another one. This would be like a world story. Okay. After a nuclear war ravages their city, a group of flying mutant office workers is responsible for leading the new society out of darkness. Okay. Sure. sure Little right. X mini, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, yeah, why, yeah, not? why sure. not? Okay. Then we've got a war story. The city's flying superhero and his team of super sidekicks faces the ultimate challenge when an alien race threatens the world. 
Eh. Okay, so and then we've got Good. secret. A flying superhero's old fear of heights comes back to haunt him. That's another one. Okay. And then two more. Uh, maybe it's a puzzle story. A flying hero must figure out just who it is who is turning superpowers to fears. All right. Okay, and then the last one is maybe a, maybe it's a plan. Sure. kind of thing. Okay. Hoping to get a social life, a group of superheroes trade in their superpowers for normal guy fears and flaws. All right. Okay. 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 So the idea, yes. the idea here is that this is something that we do like day one of my, of my class okay. um, to show you all the ways that if you have a high concept, that's great, but what is the story? Yeah. So, and like I said, I may have done this on the podcast before. Please forgive me, uh, podcast listeners who've been listening for 570 episodes. <laughs> but the, the point is that just because you see it, Somebody made a deal about it. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's your story. So oh. you see something and it's about, oh, it's about a guy. It's about a, an office worker who wakes up with the power of flight and, yeah. and he has a, and he's afraid of heights. Yeah. But there might be a completely different story to tell. Well, right? as one could say, yeah, you know, in a sense, and don't anybody misunderstand me, but ideas are worthless. <laughs> right. You, you, I mean, walking into a set with an idea is like handing somebody like a, a Chinese, you know, a fortune cookie because mm-hmm. you can't do anything with that. So how you execute that idea, how you tell that story, you know, who your characters are. You know, is it a guy that's, you know, 18 years old? Is the guy 60 years old? You know, is he in a small little town somewhere? Is he in New York City? You know, does he go to Paris? Does he go to Vancouver? Does he go to Australia? You know, all the different things. Your story is going to be absolutely different. And if you're a a solid enough writer, uh, at worst, people will take notice and say, hey, you're you're a great writer. We have something similar or in the vein of this. We'll bring you in. But, yeah, until you actually see that script or know what happens, you know, it stings a little bit, but it doesn't mean you still can't do something with it and put your own spin on it and your own story. So be informed. Yes. Okay. Do be informed, but don't lose heart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, it's going to be, it's going to hurt for a minute. You're like, oh gosh, darn it. But you know, you don't worry about it, you know? And, and even if they make that movie, um, you know, some years later, you still could do something with that idea. Maybe put it to the side for now, start working on some other stuff, use it as a writing sample. Right. Right. Again, if you're going to write a script, write a great script or the best one you can. Because at worst, it could be a writing sample, which could get you work and get you going. And then if you get a nice career, they, you may be able to pull this out of the drawer and say, hey, look. Because it's not like they haven't made a lot of Halloween movies, right. right? They got a new one coming out, which is supposed to be actually really good. But yeah, they've, they've worn everything out anyway. So there is no shame out here. None. <laughs> Remake, make again, reboot. That's the other one we list a lot. Reboot of the such and such. I mean, they brought back Roseanne, for Christ's sake. That's and, true. And, you know, and all these other shows, they're bringing them back. Charmed and, you know, everything else. Superman TV shows, Supergirl, you know. Maybe we call the this episode No Shame. Who no knows? Shame, yeah. For a while there, I was going to say, are you a good hummer? But then I was like, no, that's, that's not, that's not that appropriate. Sounds, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so I, wanna, I want to make sure that everybody can uh, go to the right website. Sure. Um, so why don't you tell everybody how to find Dundeal Pro uh, okay. and maybe uh, some other details that they should take. Oh, sure. Um, our, our site now is just located at dundealpro.com, D-O-N-E-D-E-A-L-Pro.com. Uh, it is, again, most of our information is uh, subscriber-based information, which is 30 bucks a year, which, I, you know, people have always told me to charge more, but I wanted to make it as affordable for writers as possible. And also probably try to get the least number of complaints possible because you're like, look, it's $30 <laughs> it's a year. It's 30 bucks a year. It's eight cents a day, you know. <laughs> please, give me a break here, buddy. And that usually works. Too. People are like, oh, God, okay. Yeah, I feel bad. Right. Yeah. And uh, you can just subscribe to it for a year. Um, and then you can search deals every day. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's set up for this kind of uh, test account I did for you or whatever, but you can list like your deals. You know, oh, yeah? You can, yeah, like this. So on my side, uh-huh. I can pick my favorite film and TV deals oh, so nice. you can track your favorite genre. Wow. And then, you know, of course I'm there every day and a few other people are there every day, but if you're just like, okay, two or three times a week, you'll see little numbers next to your genre. Like, oh, three dramas were set up, four comedies were set up you know, three science fiction and you can just quickly punch through and say, Oh, okay. And just kind of keep up and see what the flow is, um, going on in any kind of given time. Excellent. And stay, stay aware of it. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, I do, I, I do know some writers who cannot li live without it. Well, I would also imagine that there's tons of industry people, agents, producers, managers who... Some, yeah. We do see some uh, agents and managers and entertainment lawyers coming by. Uh, definitely see a few producers mm -hmm. uh, and directors. I've seen, oddly enough, some casting agents, oh. I think, come by. And I think basically they're just wanting to know what movie's coming up. And they want to try to get a leg up to see if they can get some of their actors in there or be aware of it so they can submit people oh, that makes or get involved. Sense. Yeah, I was, sure. at first I was like, why are they even? And then I was like, oh, I, I get it. You know, uh, they, they, everybody wants whatever advantage they can get. Now, does Dundeal have a Twitter or Instagram? Or? <laughs> well, I have a Twitter account, but I, I, I rarely ever use it. Probably the one thing I use a bit of is our page. We have a group that I started because I didn't know if I was going to be able to keep my forums going. Uh, but I don't use that a lot. But our page, uh, I'll just put up um, stories that I feel writers should stay aware of. You know, things about the business. So maybe I'm not going to list that deal or, or it's just some kind of general thing they're talking about. Or just kind of behind the scenes stuff, you know, like stay aware of. So I try to post those as much and encourage people to, you know, check them out mm -hmm. just to keep you aware. So I'm, I'm pretty um, picky about what I post. Okay. So usually it'll be maybe two, three, four weeks or something. I try not to go too crazy with it. Um, but, you know, it's something. And it doesn't go to our side. It goes somewhere else. But if it'll educate you and it'll help you out, you know, go do it. Learn, 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 learn. So that, that's all I want people to do. But. Thank you. Sure. Thanks. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, Will, this has been excellent information. Oh, well, thank you. Really, really good. I want to remind everybody to go to onthepage.tv. Um, I'm going to be doing the TV class, the one-day TV class, September 30th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. with special guest speaker Carol Kirshner coming in at the end of the day to talk about the business side of TV. Also, this class will be taught without Carol, just me, but it will be in New York City for three hours, for a three-hour class, Wednesday, October 24th from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, in Times Square. So I would love to see you there. Just go to on the page.tv and you'll see the information. Also, this um, <laughs> this flying guy logline thing, which went over so well, that is going. <laughs> um, we'll go right to the Patreon, uh, the the Patreon supporters who uh, contribute five dollars or more per month. But if you want it yourself. Um, you can just always email me directly at inquire at onthepage.tv and just put uh, flying guy log lines and I will send it to you. But um, Patreon people get it automatically. So if you feel like being a supporter of On The Page, please go to the Patreon page um, and, uh, and, and, you know, send us a couple of bucks per month if you would like. <sighs> I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Will, was there, you're still putting at your paper. Oh. I want to make sure, is there anything that I, that I left out that you really, really wanted to say? Or I don't know. I cool? don't know if it's worth it or not, but I typed up some thoughts about things to talk about, but oh. <laughs> just, just in case, cause uh, I, I figured I'd be pretty boring. So dude, I figured I'd throw some stuff out there. Pages. I'll tell you what, <laughs> pick, pick a point that we definitely didn't, didn't, uh, focus on and, uh, cause I want to make sure that. All right. Well, know. I'll mention a couple really quick and then you can, sure, you can no chop problem. it if it's not interesting. Um, one, I, I would encourage, obviously writers can do whatever they want, but I encourage people to be humble about your writing, have confidence, but don't be cocky. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of the reason I say this is cause I see a lot of queries still, even to this day on my own, okay. just searching for stuff. And people are always like writing in saying, this is, I'm award winning this and this script's going to win all these Oscars and make you a billion dollars. And really, like, some of the best writers I know are the humblest people. You know, they're confident when you talk to them about their work, but they never overly brag about something. So just work hard, let your writing do the talking, um, and try not to be so boastful, because I think people can smell it. Okay. They can almost smell that kind of, um, I hate to say desperation, but that you're just trying to make up for your inadequacies by you know, shooting off fireworks and glitter and trying to grab their attention. Sure. Um, I, you know, write because you love writing first and foremost. You know, don't write because you think you're going to break in and make billions of dollars and be famous in your hometown and all that. You know, just write scripts because you love it. Do your best. You know, get feedback a lot. You know, come to somebody like yourself. You know, find some, uh, you know, coverage people out there and get solid feedback. There's no excuse for doing that. You should be able to even find it for free. But get people to read it over and make sure you've got 
your script ready to go mm-hmm. and be in the best possible way. And another one I see people talk about, and I'll try to make this my last one, is contest. You know, people are always talking about, should I enter a contest or should I not? And also a lot of these services that have come up in years where people are paying monthly fees and spending a lot of money. You know, I just encourage people to, to be smart writers. You know, spend your money wisely. There's that old saying, you know, live today for tomorrow you might die. But I also love the saying, you know, savings are for just in case you don't die tomorrow. So don't mortgage your house and, and throw all your money into something that may or may not help you. Obviously, the odds are against you breaking in. But just be smart about it and choose, you know, where you spend your money wisely. Because I've seen writers just throw money mm-hmm. at their scripts, you know, bringing you in to do rewrites or polishes. And they keep chasing that, you know, brass ring. Um, and it just doesn't kind of come through for them, unfortunately. And then they're like really depressed and burnt out. And I can't believe I spent all this money. You know, try to find ways to, uh, you know, get free for a while and then maybe come to a professional like yourself and get real feedback to kind of polish it off and get it done um, before you go out. And also, you know, to do as much work as you can on your own, you know, instead of immediately being like, I need somebody to help me here. You know, I mean, I'll send, I'll tell people don't come to me until you have exhausted every thing that's in your brain about this. Take it all the way through because before you spend the kind of money for somebody like me, you, if I give you a note and you go, oh, yeah, I was going to do that. I was just getting to that. <laughs> yes. Then it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So that's part of being smart. I yeah. agree with you. And, and you know, do, do your due diligence on companies and people. I see that a lot on my side, on my forums, you know, which are free for people to use. Come in and find out you know, who this producer or what this production company's done. You know, even if you don't want to subscribe to our site, do your research. Because there's so many people out there that are going to kind of dollar options and they want to have a shopping agreement for 18 months and, you know, protect yourself. Don't, don't get so excited because if you get in bed with the wrong person, you could lose a lot of time with your material and, and be frustrated and, and, and be deflated by it all. You know, so pick and choose where you go. Uh, don't be crazy and expect to get a million dollars for every script you write, but don't, you know, cheat yourself. You know, it's a hard job. Uh, I think if anybody writes, it's tough. It may not look tough, but it's tough. And you're using a lot of mental power to get this done. And you're spending all the time imagining something from scratch. You know, get be fair. Don't, but, but Will, how could I possibly find out what a producer has done before I, before I send it off to them for 18 months? How about Dundeal Pro? Just yes. put in the producer. Yeah, put in the producer's name. All the things that they've yeah, done, Yeah, you can right? see what they've done or see if they've ever listed. Just because they're not listed doesn't mean they've ever done anything. But again, it'll give you kind of an idea like, huh, huh, right. huh. Or, or again, ask. You, know, right. you can write me directly or you can write people in the forums. You can use an anonymous username and say, hey, have you ever heard what John Smith's done or Sally... Smith has done or ever before, and they'll be like, eh. And I see that a lot where people are like, yeah, I kind of dealt with that. He wasn't so great. Got it. So. Got it. Thank you so much oh, thank you. for providing this service. I think sure. Bro, oh, Pro is pretty you. cool. <laughs> thank you for your patience in coming on the podcast. Of course. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> and thanks to all of you for listening. Have a good writing week. 